This is a Turtle Boy Podcast. You are now listening to the Turtle Boy Podcast. Hey, hey, hey. Welcome to another episode of Turtle Boy Podcast. I'm Big Tim. I'm Luke McWilliams. And uh, today we are looking at the original um, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles number three by Eastman and Ladd. And today's podcast is brought to you by, we're trying a new beer, Chang's Beer. Cheers. Shang it up. Mmm. It's a little bit frothier than um, the Lucky Buddha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I went to the Bottleos yesterday, and guess uh, what he told me? Guess <laughs> what he told me. And I went there yesterday, and I'm like, and the guy comes up, "Can I help you?" Because I'm wandering around. I said, <laughs> "I said I can't find the Lucky Buddha beer." Yes, I were out, and I was like, you know, like Batman. No, no! yo, Robin's dead. No. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And he goes, look, why don't you try this one? He says, it's a little bit little bit more bitter than Buddha beer. doesn't quite go down as smooth, but um, give this one a go. And I was like, all right. That's selling it. doesn't go down as well. Well, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's the thing, man. That, that's why I like Lucky Buddha beer, because it's yeah. so smooth and it's just mm, so it's good. Nice. It goes down well. And then, like, uh, and I know, but I know people, some people really like bitter, like bitter beer mm. that does sort of, give you a bit of a kick in the guts sort of thing. Yeah. Which I'm personally not a fan of. Um, I like all different beers, like um, really heavy stouts, though. That's it. Well, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, look, and, and to be completely honest, I think Buddha beer is one of the only ones I really enjoy. I love Coronas. For all the wrong reasons. I was watching oh. Fast and the Furious, yeah, this is and there was that scene where they're all topless drinking Coronas. <laughs> I was like, Dude, what's wrong with... Before... And I get in trouble for saying this all the time, but I do say it all the time, so I don't care. Corona was always a girl's beer, right? Because they put the little lemon in it, and it was a beer for women. I love that. Until, yeah, until Vin Diesel on Fast and Furious. Right. There's the scene <clears throat> at the house party, and Vin Diesel takes the beer off the other guy yeah. and says, this is your beer now. And all the guys were just like, oh, I need to drink Coronas. But when you even dig a little bit deeper, though, that's Vin Diesel using a phallic symbol going... That's what I'm saying. This is yours now. That's what I'm saying. I never... Drink from this. I never bought it. Look, I love those movies. Yeah. I, I, I still get them out once in a while and watch them, you know, like, they're really fun movies, and I, I'm a big fan of um, Vin Diesel, mm-hmm. you know, um, but... Uh, I never, I never fell for those shenanigans, man. I, well, I knew what they were doing. Yeah, I could see what they were doing. I totally fell for them because, like, during summers back in South Australia on the beach, Coronas with some lime, fantastic. But the real, the real hot tip, if you if you don't mind, get a sold beer because they're cheaper and they taste just as good. And sold. Sol. S O L. S O L. Maybe Sole. I'm okay. not sure. No. Another Mexican beer that apparently more Mexican people drink than Corona anyway. Right. And it's it's a lot cheaper than Corona. And um, 
I, I recommend them. They're great. And, and look, it doesn't matter if you're having soul. It doesn't matter if you're having changs. It doesn't matter if you're having corona. You can still put your little piece of lemon in it <laughs> just to make it a little bit tastier. I grew up drinking Diet Coke <laughs> with a bit of lemon in it. <laughs> so, you know, whatever. Man, we drink unleaded Coke, man. Unleaded? No, no leaded. Fully leaded Coke. Oh. My, dad, my dad used to do the refrigerators. Um, you, you know the milk joint? Uh, in Fishwick? Yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah, this, yeah. this side of Fishwick. Yep. That used to be a, a Coke warehouse as well. And Dad used to fix the fridges there. So Dad used to come home every week with a case of Coke. They so, gave it to him or he just found no, no, it? No, he just, he just swiped it. He was just like... Um, but, um, yeah, he, he, they would give him a case of Coke. You know, take it. Mm-hmm. Thanks, for the, thanks, thanks for the work. Yeah, right. Um, and so we grew up on just leaded Coke. Man. See, I can't, if I have leaded Coke... I can feel the sugar in my teeth. I can't do it anymore. Yeah, yeah I can't yeah. do it anymore. Like I've got to say, for the last ten years, it's been Coke, no sugar, Coke mm. Zero, um, which is it's a whole nother concoction of bloody chemicals. But oh, yeah. <laughs> phenylalanine and phenethylcholine. Yeah, Mwah! but there's no sugar in it. No, it's oh, <laughs> just shit that I learned how to pronounce yeah. in the last fifteen years. <laughs> anyway, Chang is really good. It's Chang Tastic. I've yeah, been watching a lot of um, Community. And so I really like this beer already. Yeah, he was great on the yeah. Classic beer. No, oh, good work. So what entertainment have you been consuming this last week or so? Oh, I've, um, I'm one of these people who can't um, multitask very well. Right. So I can't, you know, um, Marissa Martin, my co-host of the movie club, she watches movies while she's doing her work and movies that, she hasn't seen before. Right. Whereas I need to lock on. Yeah. If yeah. I haven't seen a movie before, I, I need to just lock on and that's it. Whereas if I'm working around the house or I'm doing editing for the podcast and all sorts of stuff, I either watch stuff I've seen before yeah. or stuff I don't really care about. Or just mine. Brain dead stuff. Yeah, brain dead stuff. But not, not even like brain dead stuff that I wouldn't watch otherwise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I've got into Bruce Brothers. Bruce Brothers, okay. Yeah, so that's on Netflix. Okay. It's from the guys who did the excellent The League. Yep. Not as good. But it's fun. Yeah, cool. And it's all about just shenanigans in a struggling craft brewery. And so, you know, one guy, he's trying to run it, and there's no good, more intelligent brother who's a brewer, just genius, but he's got no social skills, right, right. crashes at his place. Okay. And they need to, and wackiness and serious. Wackiness you know? and serious, cool. And it's all just, it's bro comedy, yep. but it's stuff that you can watch in the background. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, have you watched any of the new Snowpiercer? See, I like my movies. Yeah. Right? <clears throat> I like to know, oh, this goes for two hours, and there's a middle, well, there's a beginning, middle, and an end, and we're done. You know? That's fine. Whereas this is the same thing stretched out. Yeah. And if you wanted to, like, I've got no idea how many carriages this train has. 1,001. <clears throat> there you go. So you could have an episode on every little character in each one of those carriages that can go on for God knows how long. You know, you can have a waffly dog story for for God knows how long and then have it cancelled three quarters yeah. out of the way and have people say, oh, it's about the journey, not the destination. Oh, yeah, the, which is ironic when it's about a damn train. damn train. But back in the day, I loved The Crow, 1995. Yeah, 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 beautiful. With, really, yeah, Brandon Lee. and it was R.I.P. There we go. Yep. Um, iconic as well. Yep. Then they brought out the TV series of The Crow. With um, DeCoste... Yeah. Uh, no, not David. Mark. No. Mark De- DeCoscus. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, And it was the same characters, the same story, updated because of the internet, 
And they just stretched it all out. And with the edge shaved off it. Oh yeah, because it was cause suddenly it was because it was a TV show. You couldn't have all that dark, edgy. Nope. Uh, you know, um, yeah, the well, the gothic, the graphic violence, the stylistic violence, the mm. um, sexual assault, all that sort of stuff. And that's the thing. And it's almost like the mythology of the TV series was basically the story of the movie, and you're just trying to wait for the key points of the movie to come along. Yeah. And then there's filler in between. And the the, the thing that made me tune out, I think it was at the end of the first episode, Daylight... He doesn't have his crow makeup because the crow makeup switches on when he turns into the like, crow. Like the Hulk, yeah. Like the crow, yeah. So he's in daylight. This girl, this, the little girl, I forgot what her name was in the movie, she comes up to him and she goes, hey, I downloaded this off the internet. If you love someone really <laughs> a lot and you both die, and they read out the, the legend, yeah. the myth, from a piece of paper that she printed off the internet. Yeah. I went, I'm out. Yeah. I can't do it. Um, so sorry. So Snowpiercer. I, I, I'm not going to watch. It, yeah, look, I will say, because the the Snowpiercer movie, yeah. based on the French Snowpiercer comic book... Comic book or graphic novel? Graphic novel. Well, I mean, no, was it no, a it series? Was a, it was, no, it was a... Well, yeah. I think it was a series of graphic novels. Oh, okay. Like, not yep. floppy comics. Um, yep, yep. I, look, I haven't read them, though. Mm. Okay, but um, I felt like that movie with um, Captain America... Yep. It... Like there was supposed to be a sequel? Like this was part one of a trilogy or something? But not to give the game away for the movie, but you'd have to call it something else in the sequel. Well, but it's like Maze Runner. Yeah, the second and third movie, they're not running in mazes, but it's That's still true. called Maze Runner, The Scorch Trials or whatever. That's true. That's so true. Still have... yeah. But um, talking about movies stretched out, beyond belief to be mm-hmm. a TV series. Um, that turned me off um, from Dust Till Dawn, the TV show. Now, the first episode... <sighs> the first episode they dragged out, and it was that entire scene in that... Um, you know, with the cop in the in the little shop, and you've got the Gecko Brothers in the oh, shop. Right. And yeah. you remember that scene? It's like, yeah, yeah. It's like th- two minutes, three minutes in the film that stretched out to a whole episode. <sighs> and But, but, don't get me... Let me finish. Yeah. That episode was the tits. Really? It was so good to have that scene fleshed out. Mm. You know, it was so tense. It was really good. But then I found what you found with The Crow or whatever else. The episodes after that, yeah, you were just like, okay. You're waiting right. for it to kick yeah, in. Yeah, you know what I mean? But um, That scene that was stretched out, for, for, was that a good character-building episode? I think, it, yeah, look, I think okay. it was. I, I really think it was because you had your... You know, your Gecko Brothers, you had Don Johnson mm. as the cop, you had, you know, the guy working in the shop, a couple of girls and that sort of stuff, but it was just, it was just like, it worked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But having said that, yeah, I, I can't think of many other movies made into TV shows that worked like that one episode. Oh, okay, no. Because they couldn't keep up the momentum. That one episode was fantastic, but I, I dropped out after about, about episode four of that. Just reminds me of an episode of Breaking Bad, where the whole episode is... Oh, I forgot his name. The lead in Breaking Bad? Um, Jesus? Yeah. <clears throat> um, well, not Bud, but... Um, um, oh, my God. Is it Michael something? Yeah. Oh, no, the character's name. Anyway, the, the teacher who becomes... A, yeah, yeah. You know, who's Breaking Bad. He's, he's just by himself. He's working by himself, um, trying to get um, the uh, you know, concoction of drugs together in a pristine environment like he's popped so much work into making 
everything pristine and he's finally got everything the way he wants it, but there's a fly. Yeah. And he spends the whole episode just trying to find this fly and running around and trying to capture and all that sort of thing. And people online were saying, what the hell was that about? What a filler episode, which is topical because of what we're going to be talking about. And, um, but then a lot of other people were saying, well, no, it shows his psychology. It shows that he's always, he's never happy. He's always trying to perfect the imperfects. You know, nothing's perfect. But then another person had an idea that's saying, well, what if there was no fly? You know, maybe this is a, a crack in his psyche. Yeah. And all that. And I just thought that was great because yeah. the one thing that I I would love to watch as a TV series, just wipe this DC TV universe out and do a Batman TV series because that's what we want. Yeah. There are so many of these, well, the, well, the CWDC shows, yeah. yep. which are built around a character who's not even there. Yeah. You know, you wouldn't have any of this if it wasn't for Batman. Yeah. And we haven't had a Batman TV series since 1960s. Yeah. Adam West, you yeah, know. Yeah. I would love it if we had the same set design, the same, well, suits, everything from the 1989 Burton, you know, movies, yeah, yeah. have a TV series and have one episode, just one, where he's in the back cave. Yeah. And we get to see what he does. Yeah. You know, like, he's not patrolling. He's not being cold away. Um, he wants to get away, you know, and hang out in his mum's basement for a night. Yeah. What does he do? Yeah. Is he, is he constantly working on a present case? Does he look at cold cases? He's got all these TVs everywhere, you know. He's got a gym in yeah. there. Is he working out? And, you know, yeah, like... Yeah him just being and hanging out and you could say oh that's a filler episode nothing happened but I go well let's look at psychology because I always thought Batman is the ultimate fanboy because he's living in his mother's basement he cosplays and he just watches TV all day at night you know that's it and um and that's who he is you know that's that's his his um well his his fortress of solitude I'd just love to see that for about an hour and then and then that's it Let's take one step back. Mm-hmm. Green Arrow, the the Arrow TV series, because it wasn't cool enough to call it Green Arrow. Green, that's a bit too comic booky. Yeah. Uh. Um, the very first Green Arrow Flash crossover episodes. Mm-hmm. Way better Batman vs Superman movie than the actual Batman vs Superman movie. I think I saw this. Is this when um, the Flash is saying, "Hey, I'm better than you," and then he runs a track, and then. Um, Arrow, not Green Arrow, but Arrow outsmarts him by having all these um, uh, automatic crossbows set up yeah. to, to, to actually hit him in the back. Yeah, but that's part of yeah. it. But you see, the first episode, um, the first episode, Arrow goes to Flash's city. Yep. I cannot remember what it's called. Key, Keystone City or something? Something like that, yeah. Anyway, Arrow goes there because he, says, he starts saying to the Flash, you're not superheroing right. You don't take this shit seriously, mm. right? You're just out there having fun and games. You're making more supervillains than you're catching. Mm. Blah, blah, blah. Now I need to teach you to be more serious. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, he teaches him to be more of a, quote-unquote, superhero. Or vigilante. Yeah, vigilante. Yeah, yeah. Then the next episode, one of the crooks they're chasing heads back to Arrow's town. Ah. And so the Flash and Arrow go back there. And Arrow catches him and starts literally torturing him. Mm. And then Flash is like, hang on, hang on, hang on. You know, I I understand what you're saying, but this is going too far. You know, mm. 
you know, you need to lighten up because this is not what superheroes do. Well, you know easy I mean? there, super, Superman. But that's the thing. Yeah. But, the, but that was it. Was it, <clears throat> it had purpose? Both episodes. You know, each character learnt off the other character. They both came out of it being better heroes. And they were sorry. Were they guest starring in each other's TV yes. shows? Yep. Comic book crossover. But that's exactly it. And yeah, like, yeah, I remember yeah. after watching Batman vs Superman the movie, mm. watching that episode and saying, this is a way better Batman vs Superman movie because it makes sense why they're even interacting. Yeah. You know what I mean? And um, they're well, learning from each other. And blah, Not to blah, go blah. down a rabbit hole, but have you seen the Snyder Batman vs... Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice extended cut? Look, there's... I... Okay, I saw the original at the cinema. Mm-hmm. I saw the next extended cut that came out, and then apparently there was a third cut that the came out, ultimate the cut. ultimate, which I have not seen. It's very good. It actually lines everything up. It all makes sense. It gives Superman a subplot, so he's investigating as Clark Kent, and all that. And so, you know, you still might not like it because of the you know, Zack Snyder's vision and interpretation of the characters, but at least plot-wise, it makes more sense. Yeah, right. And, um... But, I mean, going back to the TV shows, it as good as these things might be to fans, I just find them sucking the creative juices out of the um, the source material, which is Batman and Superman. Yeah. And it's yeah. almost like, no, no, we're reserving those characters for the movies. You can do whatever you want in the TV show. Fine, I'll get his rogues gallery then. Yeah. I'll get, we'll make Arrow... Batman will make the Flash Superman as far as their characters yeah, go. Yeah. We're going to get um, and we're going to we're going to you know, use all the comic book stories as well. Yeah. So they're chipping away at the foundations of the source material. Yeah. Yeah. So then when we see a movie every five years, start, you know, with Batman or Superman, like you, I've seen this. Yeah. They've done Infinity uh, Infinite Crisis on multiple universes yeah. on on the TV. Yeah. Show me something new. It's like, oh, God, no, yeah. you know, that's all we've got. Yeah. Uh, look, I've, I've often wondered, and, and we'll, we'll end this discussion with this, we're bloody 20 minutes into the podcast, we haven't even talked about Ninja Turtles yet. Um, I've often wondered, and I bought the DVDs, if Man of Steel, mm-hmm. BVS, and then Justice League, mm. if the three of them, if you sat and invested an afternoon and watched all three of them back to back to back, whether they would make a more cohesive story or not. I think we can only say that once we see the HBO-released Justice League Snyder Cut. Because yeah. it's going to be three hours, it's going to be his vision. Because apparently his whole point was to start dark, have the dark side character come along, corrupt Superman to his most darkest, you know, and then you have a complete redemptive arc for Batman ending on the Justice League that we know and love then you can carry forward. Yep. So he was taking the uh, New 52 and the Injustice feel and look yeah, yeah, and starting yeah. dark and then coming out the other end. Yeah. And so that's why Justice League with Joss Whedon, that was all bright and beautiful in that movie. We got red skies, we got Superman glowing blue and all that, yeah. but they sort of hand-fisted that one mm. as opposed to Zach's, what I think his point was to ease into that transition yeah. but start dark with what the kids know nowadays i.e. seven years ago yeah. and then take it into something a little bit more optimistic yeah yeah. no cool alright let's get into this comic book mm. Teenage Mutant Ninja <clears throat> Turtles number three written by well, I don't know who wrote and who who did the art Eastman and Laird Eastman and Laird so obviously right um look 
I think, and again, everyone, just know that I say all this with love. Yeah. Um, I, I am the turtle boy. This is what the podcast is named after. Um, Can I just say one thing? Yeah. Hi, Aaron. Hey, Aaron. Um, we're going to get that every every episode. Aaron. Absolutely. Um, this this comic's only half a comic. <laughs> I'm glad you said that. And to rewind it back, you are the turtle boy. And I actually got you a gift a couple Ooh. of years ago. And I never got around to it. A couple of years ago. Yeah. So, went down to Bondi, got myself a little turtle thing. Uh, I've got you a turtle necklace and one for Nate as well. Hey, sweet. Or an arm thing or a necklace, so it's up to you. Fantastic. So, there you go. Nice. Turtle Brothers. Fucking excellent. Thank you, brother. But it's interesting that you... Um, we, we did have a discussion to at least not waste the previous 20 minutes. Yep. About filler. <laughs> yep. And filler episodes. Yeah. And um, you would... And, you know, like we said before um, in our discussion, you can see a filler episode and go, ah, that wasn't filler. That was really deep diving into a character. Yeah, right. And like I was saying with the um, Snowpiercer example, you can go, oh, that wasn't filler. We were looking at that character and their backstory, yeah. like in Lost. Looked at one person. We went back through their entire family yeah. history for an episode, which never pays off. But this, uh, um, this uh, episode, this uh, comic, you can see, and like we were saying last time, Dancing on the fly, yeah. not really knowing, yep. not sitting down, doing your planning. And again, I think it comes down to Eastman and Larrod's personalities. You've got Kevin Eastman, who to me is a bit of a renegade, who just wants to do action and, and just move forward. Yep. Whereas you've got Peter Larry going, whoa, slow down, cowboy. Let's think Let's, of a bigger picture, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But then they've obviously got um, a rabid fan base wanting the next yeah. comic to come out. Yep. And so they need to go, well, shit, let's just start doing it. And it reminds me of the um, the Marvel method of yep. comic book writing because the DC method of comic book um, production is you've got the script writer, he writes the script, and he takes that over to the to the artist, and the artist reads the script, storyboards it like a movie, and then fills that in with the with the pictures. Yep. So that's and you move on. Yep. Whereas the Marvel method is, but basically you got to. Dance. Yeah, for lack of a better word, you don't have a script. You have a page that says um, Punisher needs to, by the end of this page, Punisher needs to um, punch Bullseye in the eye. Mm. So the artist is almost a storyteller himself. He yeah. has to go, oh, well, I've got, I've got a lot more rope now. I've got a yeah. lot more room to move. So I'm going to do my pictures. And then later the writer comes along and fills in the word balloons yep. to yep. say, well, there's, and that's why probably you've got so much fluff going on with Spider-Man just, you know, doing his thing. Yeah. And then you've got um, Stan Lee, the man himself, even popping in there going, wowzers, you know, and, and all that sort of stuff. So it's a little bit more chaotic. Yeah. But it's a freshness, it's loose, and it's quick. Yeah. You can get this stuff going. Yeah. Which, you know, if I was a Marvel artist at that time as well, I'd, I'd get a little bit pissy that I wouldn't get a story credit, yeah. you know, because yeah. you're pretty much doing the story as well. Yeah. Um, so you can see how that's uh, a quicker turnover. And so I think that's what happened here. Yeah, yep. Because this is the third um, issue. How are we going with time for, uh, between these two issues? Look, I've got to be honest, I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, it, we're, we're still in 1984. Yep. Um, I've got those figurines, by the way. Oh, nice. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, so <clears throat> let's just say maybe, what, a couple of months? Yeah. Um, and, and, yeah, so we basically pick up 
straight off the last issue, yep. which I love. Because yep. that's the one thing that Marvel did really well, their continuity, whereas Batman, you never really knew where you were and um, at what stage of his career you were at, if this was a one-off story, if it was a flashback, yep. if any of it was canon. Uh, Marvel, it was always canon before they started rebooting their universes. Here, yeah, we've got some um, them coming straight out of their last adventure with the Mouses. Yep. Yeah. And so I really, I really like that. You've got, so this is a soap opera for boys. Yeah. And, and now girls, obviously. So, but also, though, the beauty of the last couple of issues, as we've said, is they're pretty much a done-in-one. Yeah. You know, you don't have to have read the first issue to sit, read and understand the second issue. Yeah. Of course, there was that one panel. Hey, go check out the other issue, guys. With this as well, and, and then that, that second issue finished so brutally, right? So mm. Not brutally, but, you know, just a... Oh, final. With the end there. The end. Yeah. Yeah, and this one, you've got them climbing out of the sewers. Hey, thanks for saving me, guys. Check out issue two. Mm. We don't care. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it doesn't matter. Oh, okay. They're coming from an adventure. Oh, now we're into another adventure. Mm. You know what I mean? Um, So, yeah, I I did like how it did pick up from the last issue. But, again, it's still the start of a new thing. You know, yeah, yeah. Unlike Marvel, which not, is, you don't have a backlog of. I don't understand it unless I read the previous issues. But also, I don't really understand what I'm reading right now because it's not. It's not a one and done. It's yeah. almost like a mushy mess until you can step back from a collected, you know, yeah. format. Because um, I'm rereading Miles Morales, Morales. Spider Man, yep. the Ultimate Spider Man, and again. Suddenly you're in a massive battle where you don't know how it started because yeah. you haven't you haven't picked up Ultimate Captain America. Yeah, yeah. But then you get to a big shared event that you need to collect all the comic books to know what's going on. Yeah. But that's going to take a while. But at least with this, it's still relatively simple. Yeah. And um, linear. Yeah. Yep. yep. Again, I, I'm going to retire the comment commentary on the on the art because I just love the art. Yeah. It's poppy, poppy, goodness. We were at a. Um, Oh, I don't know if it was... Um, where's that? Uh, Wollongong? Wollongong? Rather, yeah, Wollongong Comic Con. Comic... It's called Comic Gong. Yes. Yep. And um, the the lovely fellows from Dee's Comics yep. uh, showed me that they had an issue of this behind protected you know, plastic glass. Yeah, yeah. And it was at the end of the day, they said, listen, man, we can give it to you for this much. Yeah. And I was like, oh... Oh, you bastards! And and my reason for not getting it one, that's just money that is just going to be hanging on my wall. Yeah, because I'll never sell it. Yeah, I'll never read it. It's just going to be there, so it's going to be a waste of money. Yeah, and two, it's not number one. Yeah. So, but again, to actually see in real life this because it's a blueish white cover, yeah. which is really interesting. Yeah, because you think, why do a duo tone? But I guess it's a black and white book. Yeah. I'm not too sure what the style was back in the 1980s for independent comics. Were they black and white covers? Or was this was this sort of... No, they, they tended to have well, like this, black and white and one colour. Because um, my understanding is that it's cheaper to make it to print it. Yep. Okay, it's more, it's, it's more expensive than just a black and white colour. Mm. But it's cheaper than a full colour cover. It's like when you do a T-shirt. Yeah. Like, for more colours, you need uh, different, um, you know, uh, what do you call them? 
screens. Screens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh, God, well, I don't want five colors. I'll just go for one. Yeah. So let's go black, white, and then like a, a, a something, a shade of something else. Yeah. Yeah, fair enough. So it just, it's just sort of accents the look of it. But again, I love it because it's grungy because now we're in yeah. the city. Yeah. We're not, we're not above the city. We're not in the sewers. We're right in the thick of yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, I love it. Um, so look, this, this, I think, again, you can see the dual personalities in the story as far as Eastman and Laird are concerned. Because you've got, you know, the, the catalyst that's going to launch the next, to be honest, I don't even know how many issues mm. in that. And again, this isn't spoilers. This is bloody, you know, 30, 40 <laughs> years old, yeah. uh, 30 years old or something. Um, they, they get home and they find their house in a mess. Splinter's mm-hmm. gone. Mouses are all smashed up in that, right? Master Splinter, where's Splinter? Blah blah blah, with a nice big splash page, which is in the movie. Yeah, well, that, and that's that's what I mean, man. Like, if you go back to our when we reviewed the first movie, just so much from this these mm. original comics was taken and put in, into the movie. It, but it just this splash page of, I, I'm assuming that's Raph. I'm not too sure. Yeah. But you can see where that 360-degree shot of him yelling yeah. in the movie comes from. Yeah. Because it's fantastic. It's just rage and all that sort of yeah, thing. Yeah, so good. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, they've, they've obviously come up with, you know, the hook that's going to keep us going for a number of issues. Mm. But then suddenly, you know, they know they need to find Splinter. But then next thing, they're in a fucking car chase. <laughs> well, um, that, yeah, so Splinter's gone. They need to find him. And, and you're right, that's a hook. That's like a story thread. And if we were in a TV series, that would be the mythology. That would be the subplot. Yeah. That would be like the beginning of this se- season. Ah, oh, Splinter's gone. And then 20 episodes of just filler. And then last season, uh, last episode for the season, ah, oh, I heard Splinter might be X. Did you see, uh, did you watch season one of Doom Patrol? No. Exactly that. First episode. Oh, but it's... Dude, good? It's, it's a good fucking... It's, okay. it's my favourite show. It's my favourite show. I'm struggling with Umbrella Academy. Oh, dude, I just finished watching it for a second time, getting ready for the second season. That's different universes, isn't it? Yeah. Titans. Yeah. Titans are too dark. I don't know what's yeah, going on. Yeah, I wasn't a fan of that. The only reason I liked that was one of the episodes was Doom Patrol. Yes. And then a couple of episodes later, you had um, Hawk and Dove, mm. which I think they should spin off into their own series, Hawk and Dove, and mm. then the Titans go do their thing. Yeah. But anyway, um, so in Doom Patrol, it's the same sort of thing. First episode or second episode, Mr. Nobody turns up and swipes uh, swipes the chief, who's basically their Professor X, yep. and they spend the whole season trying to find the chief. Okay. Okay. Which is cool. Which is, but it's, but it's really cool. It's, it's a great show. That being said, that's pretty much every X Man film. Yeah. Because Professor Xavier is so powerful. Yeah. He's the first one to get kidnapped and knocked out or whatever. Yeah. It's like, oh no, what do we do? Yeah. It's like, well, remember what this happened three times before? Yeah. Let me remind you, remind everyone here though. Doom Patrol was actually published before X Men comics. So Doom Patrol is the original. All right. Well, so, there we go. There and we I go. think I really think <clears throat> Doom Patrol does X Men better than X Men does. The absence of the father figure in these things are quite good dramatically because yep. they've lost their leader. Yep. They've lost everything they know. Um, like we've said before, they're now ninjas without a purpose yep. and they don't have guidance. Mm. So now they're teenagers um, left alone in the world. Yeah. What do they do? Where do they go? Who do they trust? Well, if you ask my teenagers when I leave them alone, <laughs> oh, great, Guga Mugga. Um, oh, man. Uh, yeah, no, exactly. Mm. And, and it is a good hook. It's It's, it's a... I think it's a, a real good chance to explore these characters 
by pulling them out of their comfort zone. Oh, yeah. Their comfort zone being their father. Um, and their home. Well, actually, yeah, good point too. And, the, the, and their actual comfort zone. Mm. Not just their uh, you know, family comfort zone, but their geological Sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because, yeah. like, they're... I mean, this is what I guess they were trying to get at with the Michael Bay out of the shadows. Yeah. They're out of the sewer. Yeah. And it's interesting to think that, again, the first comic book was so rich in their own mythology that the whole cartoon in the 1980s, they were in the sewer. Yeah. These guys weren't really in the sewer for that long. Yeah. They are in the sewer for, what, two two issues? Yeah, yeah. And they're out. And now they're out, yeah. Now they're out. Yeah, um... And it's interesting as well, it made me think how much we take for granted being, well, adults, because we can drive, yeah. we've got credit cards, you'd hope so, and, um, and you've got friends, and, and you've got street savvy, and, and you know what to do when you're, when you're out and about. Yeah. These guys, not only are they teenagers out for the first time, uh, you know, they're mutant turtles, and yeah. so they're extremely vulnerable during the day. Yeah. And who are you going to call? They're going to call the only person they know, apart from Splinter, and that's April O'Neil. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah, so literally they're lucky they ran into her last yeah. episode. Like, can you imagine, and you've got, you've got children, but I, I couldn't, I would just, you know, if someone said to me, oh, I couldn't do this thing for you because... I didn't have enough petrol in my car or my bus ticket yeah. wasn't working and your eyes would glaze over and think, but these are real issues for, for, you know, youngins yeah. because they, they don't have these resources that we, we have been taking for granted for like, you know, 20 ish years yeah, yeah. Know, or more than that actually. <laughs> and so, um, so even though this thing, it reminds me again, also a, um, Elizabeth, um, who's, who played Betty Bryant in the Spider-Man movies? Elizabeth Banks. Yes, yes. There's a movie called um, Walk of Shame, and she's it's it's pretty bad actually because she, the whole concept is she wakes up after a night out, and she has to just get the hell out of this guy's apartment and make it back to her home. Yeah. But she doesn't have her wallet, and she has all these wacky adventures just to get home. And you think, oh my god, a uh, a young lady in a, in a in a um, a dress from the night before, a night, a night going, a nightclub dress, yeah. um, and and all these basic things that she doesn't have, yeah. and the risks that she's taking, yeah. just trying to get home. Yeah, yeah. Again, so that's what I like about this yep. because again, it's street level. Yeah, and it's also yep. very much Spider Man. It's like, oh no, I don't have the ten bucks, but I need to catch the bus, and Aunt May's, you know, medication is in the thing that I lost. Yeah, it's all very uh, relatable and and very high stakes for them as individuals. Yes. but not high stakes on a massive uh, street, uh, you know, defending the entirety of Hell's Kitchen. Yeah. type thing, you know, no Technodrome. No Dimension X. Not even, not even any, not even the Kingpin. Mm. You know what I mean? You don't even have like the Kingpin and Bullseye and Typhoid Mary. No, no it's four dudes basically lost. Yeah, they know one person. It'd mm. be like dropping us in Japan or something. Yeah, right. Without our wallets and phones, it's the Hangover. Yeah, it's the Hangover too. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. it. Mm. Yeah. And again, it it's all ridiculous. But it's uh, it's high stakes to to them. Yeah, 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 for sure. And so then they get, which is this is what makes me not particularly like this issue. Um, once you get to page nine, I think it is. Um, suddenly, you know, April pulls up in her little Volkswagen van, and they all jump in. I can't look. I've got to be honest. I can't remember where they think they're going. 
But um, that's true. She could be taking them anywhere. That's what I mean. I, I, it's just like yeah. And 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 the next thing, the police are mistaking her van for someone else who's just done a robbery. And this is what makes me think of the Marvel method. Like, oh, God, and, you know, we need to cut to the chase. Yeah. And that was a term in, um, you know, in movies because right. it, it came out of uh, Bullet, that movie Bullet in the 1970s. Okay. It, it was basically marketed because of this fantastic car chase through a city, right? And in script developments from that, that period forward, they were like, no, 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 cut to the chase. Get to the chasing. Yeah. Roughly now, get to the action scene. Yeah. Because we've had... And they would mathematically look at it. Nope, five pages, get into the action. That's what we've got here. Yeah, right. It's like, story, story, story. Nope, this is too boring now, Peter. Yeah. (laughs) We need to get an action scene in there. So they come up with a car chase. And it's almost like how they wrote Mission Impossible 2. Yeah. They had 11 key action sequences. Like Tom said, we got it. We, we we gotta have these these action sequences, yeah. and they gave that to the scriptwriter. The scriptwriter just went, <laughs> yeah, all right. all right. And he tried to organically um, duck and weave a story with these eleven action sequences in there, yeah. um, which wasn't organic at all. You, it, it sticks out like a sore thumb in that damn movie. <laughs> but that's what we've got here. We've got an action sequence just chucked in there yeah. because these cops could have easily not have seen this car. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's it's too much of a coincidence. Yeah, yeah. Like, the whole thing's just too much of a coincidence. Um, and so, yeah, you've got April driving like a crazy person, um, driving through the town park, nearly killing people. Um, Which reminds me of Die Hard 3. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, but that would have come long after oh, this, yeah. wouldn't it? Yeah. Um, man, and this is what I mean. It, this This... When I say this is only half a comic, you could cut this entire car chase out, which is 11 pages. I reckon we're getting on to 12, 12, page, 12 13 pages. Okay, in, in my digital copy, it um, the, the car chase finishes on page 22. Oh, wow. Okay, so we've gone from page 9 to 22 of car chase. Right. <laughs> Jesus. The thing is also a great amount of detail... I remember reading this um, as a youngin, thinking this is the the best thing ever. Yeah. Because it, again, it's so relatable. Because um, my family car was a Toyota van. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And you know, it's ours nice. was too, man. <laughs> no, sorry, ours was a Mazda van. Oh, okay. So it's not the world's sexiest car, but I got the job done. Yeah. You know, you, you've got these these seats that fold down if you want to, or whatever. You can sit six kids in the back, all yeah. that, and. Um, and, and go well, God, I I I get that. You know, it's not a sex up Porsche or anything. It's a it's a van, yeah. and and what they do with it. I mean, even the the the, the park chase is comedic. It's um, fun. There's so much detail. Yeah. I've never heard of holy hippo spit before. Yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah. and, and that was great. Um, and everything about it is really great. And then we again we have a oh. splash page. When it ends, going through a paint shop. I, I was actually just about to bring that up. That that scene, the just the image of it mm. is just it, it is. It's beautiful. <clears throat> this cop car smashing through the window towards us. Mm. You know, paint uh, paint tins flying everywhere. It reminds me of the car in Spider Man Two. 
Yeah, yeah. When it's fighting in slow motion, this car is, you know, all that. I was going to say, it reminds me of every action film from the early 80s that I watched growing up. Uh, every, yeah. Everything with uh, Clint Eastwood or Chuck Norris or you know, uh, Stallone or something. I know? watched Lethal, Lethal Weapon 4 again the other night. Lethal Weapon 4. Now, which one's that? Jet, Jet Lee. Lee. Okay. Yeah. Again, standard cars doing incredible things. Yeah. Stuff that we couldn't buy today because, you know, we now know... No, you can't do that. Well, you know. I remember being a kid in a car in a movie, driving through a um, what do you call it, like a, a wire fence with a with a padlock on the gate. Oh yeah, yeah, those big ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Security fences, or whatever. Yep. A car drove through it and smashed the the lock, the lock, and they kept driving. And I, I just remember my dad saying, just to himself, that wouldn't, yeah, wouldn't happen. Yep. You know what I mean? Like, and I thought, oh, okay, well, this is all just a bit of fancy, isn't it? That reminds me, um, one time I was watching From Dusk Till Dawn, and um, <clears throat> this guy gets a whip out, whips a vampire around the neck, pulls his head off, the body collapses on the ground, then turns into a dog. Yeah. My dad goes, that wouldn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> but again, I do like these action films, even you know, back in the day, where they did take the ordinary and made it... Yeah, extraordinary. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like what um, Seth Rogen says in uh, Zachary Make a Porno. You take you take the ordinary and then you. Yeah. <laughs> but um. But yeah, because yeah, again, it's relatable. Yeah. Um. And actually, one more thing: watching a movie with my dad because my dad, he's like, you know, since they invented air conditioners, he's been an air conditioning mechanic. Okay. Yeah. And like you're watching a movie and it'll just show a big cityscape and he'll go, he'll he'll just be like, oh, that's an old. I don't know. That, that, that's an old Valkyrie air conditioning system. <laughs> or, or, or there's what's the movie with um, Jason Statham where he fights in the bus depot and he puts all the grease all over him. Oh, transporter. Transporter. I'm watching that with him, and he goes, "Oh, look at the old air conditioning system in that Greyhound bus." And I'm like, "Dad, he's just oiled himself up and he's fighting ten guys, and you're looking at the air conditioning." You know, <laughs> watching watching Basic Instincts. Oh, I turned the air conditioning up yeah, for this. Yeah, <laughs> could get a bit hot. Feels with that. a bit warm in there. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so yeah. And, and that's what I love about and, and what you like about, I guess, uh, street level vigilantes and heroes because yeah. you're taking stuff that you see every single day and making it extraordinary. Yeah. You know, you're putting a little bit of a spin on it. That's what I love about Batman and Spider Man. That's what I love about the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah. So the more that you get away from my experience of everyday life, the more you lose me. Yeah. So yep. the, and, and that's, I mean, you were more into um, Fantastic Four and, and all those types of comics more so than I was. Yeah. Um, Superman, unless unless he had a very personal character-driven story, yeah. I didn't care about um, his rogues gallery. Yeah. I, I really want um, my daredevil in Hell's Kitchen, yeah. stuff that well, I can relate to. Th- I mean, that was with me too. It's like I wasn't quite <clears throat> into as, as dark stuff as Batman and Daredevil, but mm. I was Captain America, which is still very street level compared to the people who he hung out with. Yeah. I used to buy Silver Surfer, but I never collected that for a very long time because like you say he's this stoic character and he's mm. off in the galaxy and you know the visuals are all cool you know but it just it's just a character i couldn't it's relate too to. far removed yeah i remember a um a teacher friend of mine mr o'neill who um he loved a silver surfer i think he was trying to relate to me because he knew i love comic books because yeah yeah i love silver surfer and again this is a guy who had this van this vw yeah. van and he was a bit of a packed with candy <laughs> he probably was the only one who didn't at that okay, stage. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, they were the priests. But um, <laughs> I, what I'm getting at is, I think he was a bit of a hippie. Yeah, yeah. So he loved his. Uh, I'm not saying he was into it, but 
the Silver Surfer and Galactus. That's all very trippy. Very psychedelic, yeah. Yeah, and that's your Doctor Strange sort of stuff. And a little bit more existentialistic, you know, but um, me being young and me being older now, um, still a little bit too far of a reach for me. It's like Sandman is something that I want to get into. And again, that's more of a long-form dream sequence type of mellow feel to it all, you know? And I think that's uh, a different type of personality, a little bit more of a intellectual at arm's length distance yeah. examination of the human condition yeah, yeah. as opposed to holy shit we need to get from a to b yeah. how do we do it's, that it's actually the, it's the the very definition of the difference between the writers in the 80s and 90s coming from england compared to the writers in america oh. in that um, <clears throat> I, I think uh, this is going to be wrong but i want to say brian k vaughan okay came over from the states uh, came over to the states Writing Sandman. Mm. Now, I, I feel, I, I'm feeling like I've got the wrong guy. But anyway, you know, they'd come over writing this really, like you say, studies of human nature and studies of McCarthyism. Mm. McCarthyism, whatever, you know. Um, and while, as, while the American guys were just like, USA, yeah. USA. You Punch know, Galactus um, in his face. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, you know, and that's the very difference at the time of what, you know, same with Alan Moore coming over and writing Swamp Thing. And, oh, I was about to say that. Absolutely. Again, like, you know, when I was younger, Swamp Thing, what does he do? Yeah. Again, no, it's just, I'm just wandering about yeah. and, and he was more of a character like Mad Max. It wasn't about him, it was things around yeah. him and how he would change situations just because of his very existence and his presence yep. there, which is a little bit, you know. Yeah. Mm. Um, so, we look, we go through this, this car... And again, as you said, man, each page is beautiful. It's, you know what I mean? Like, it, it's, it's got this grunge. I think you even just said it. I'm just copying you. No, no. This grungy, you know, underground feel to it. Which urban. Is just, urban, yeah, which is just, it's just beautiful. You know, you can tell it's a couple of New York boys writing, drawing New York, mm. you know. And um, getting into it. It's just, I just. But yeah, story-wise, it, 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 it's enjoyable but it doesn't lead anywhere. Yeah. It doesn't progress our characters apart from getting from A to B. Yep. But you, like you said before, you could literally cut this out, mm. and it wouldn't affect the rest of the comic. You could at go all. straight from her picking them up and dropping to them her off. dropping them off at her house and then falling asleep. This car chase would have been a fun little uh, micro comic, a one off. A funny thing happened on the way to the, you know. Yeah, yeah. But the end of the comic is is great. That's right, because then you realise just how quickly. Um, yeah, with the epilogue, mm. just how quickly... <sighs> See, my first impression was that all the space stuff, all the triceratons, all the krangs, all the... Um, oh, what were those? Anyway, all the aliens and stuff came way down the line. Yeah. You know what I mean? But, again, it's not a spoiler. You know, they come. By the end of this comic, we've got Krangs. Yeah. We're issue three and we've got Krangs. Yeah, yeah, because again, they don't know what to do. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> but uh, actually, no, I, I kind of disagree. I think that, again, it's all just part of... That's part of the Peter Peter Laird saying, look, okay, we've got to move this story forward. Mm. Okay, so look, we need to start um, with Splinter missing. Then we're going to recap on Splinter. Mm. You know what I mean? Look, you do your action. Okay, we'll chuck the... I understand we want action. Let's jam the action in the middle, but we need this. We need this to get 
Yep. This is the next yep. issue or the next five well, issues or whatever it is. I reckon it's um, Peter slowing Eastman down. Yeah. Because he would be like, let's jam it all in. And he's like, no, no, let's just muck yeah. it out. Before we get to that, yeah. I do like the ending of the car chase. Yeah. Because it's comedic. We've yes, got like, yep, yep. make my day punks. Yeah, fair so enough. You've got, okay, just to explain. Oh, sorry. You've got the cops have finally started chasing the right, the crooks. The cops are chasing the crooks and the crooks have crashed. And then as they're all climbing out the car, you've got cops coming from everywhere, basically... All these t- catchphrases. T- telling them to freeze, yeah. Yeah. But like, all these, yeah. We've got every single way you can say stop. Yeah. So we've got stop, we've got freeze, we've got hold it, don't move, hold, make my day punks, uh, remain motionless, cease and desist, do, do not ambulate. ambulate. I've never heard that before. You know that they just got the thesaurus out yeah, yeah. of that. <laughs> so they learned something. Bless yeah. them, you know. But again, it's a fun sequence, yeah. but it doesn't lead anywhere. And this was one of the main criticisms of the um, the Matrix Reloaded. So in the first Matrix, you had Neo you know, learning and really battering up against his own self-doubts yep. and his own restrictions that he placed on himself. And that was shown through his physical struggles. You know, his lack of self-belief that he's not the one. And so he's losing fights. He's barely getting away. He's running for his life. And all that is married into, obviously, um, the plots, but also, you know, the story and his character. Yeah. And so by the time he's fully um, accepted his role as the one and he believes it, you know, to his core, spoilers, at the end, he literally flies. And that's less of a... You know, a realistic thing than a than a metaphor. Yeah. For he's now a butterfly. He can fly. He's Superman. He's yeah. his um, his own. The thing that was putting him down was his own belief yeah, of yeah. him, a lack of belief in his, himself. Yeah. So he flies, which is brilliant, beautiful. Yeah. yeah Raging his machine and all that. Yeah. Then we've got the Matrix Two, where it's a lecture of the points they're trying to make. Yeah. Full on explaining to you. You know, um, exposition. Action sequence. Yeah. Then stop for a lecture. Action sequence. So again, you can cut out those action sequences and you don't really need them. Yeah. And they're not blended in well with character and story and plot. Yeah. It's just all separated. It's all just, you know, blocks. And then we have a item chase. Yeah. You know, yeah. get the key master to get the key to open the door to get the thing. Yeah. And, um, and that was what was really disappointing, especially coming off the first one. So here, that's what we've got here. We've got a car chase sequence that you could just take out yep. and it doesn't actually affect the story yeah. or their character growth. Yeah. But it's fun. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. And then you, yeah, as we said, they go back to, the, back to um, April's apartment. They're all so exhausted they just crash out. And um, we get to her apartment and it's her dad's apartment. And on top of the shop, the antique shop, her father has passed away, so she's very empathetic with their situation, um, having lost oh, their yeah, own yeah, father. Yeah. Good point, good point. And again, we see this in the movie. Yep. They go to this this same place, you know, and um, it's great. Yeah. And that's it. That's the end. But then we get an epilogue. Ah. Right? And so this is where I'm saying... Um, this is where, again... Connected to the hook at the start. Hey guys, don't forget <clears throat> this is the hook. This is what. Mm. This is where we're going. It's almost like Peter just going. We need this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and so yeah, we get basically Splinter's um, point of view fighting 
the Mausers from last issue that came after him. Um, this is a good technique, and we see this in TV series and movies as well, where we see um, events from another character and then move forward again. Yep. And so um, Evil Dead 2, I won't get into the shenanigans of the legalities of that one, but they basically recap what happened in the first movie, yeah. give or take a couple of characters, then they progress with their story, and um, that's what we've got here. Yeah. And so we, even though... Um, we see the fir- well, the whole issue from the turtle's point of view. Now we flash back a little bit with Splinter to see yeah. what he went through. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So, which is cool. Which is cool, and I, I actually really enjoy it. It's like this is where I feel like personally this comic started. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. uh, but it wouldn't work because you need to be left in the dark with the turtles. Yeah, because the turtles yeah. are. are protagonists yep. and so we need to we need to feel their fear and panic and oh where's splinter but if we're an audience knowing what's happened to splinter then we can't really get that yeah, look, that's actually a really good point I, yeah i take that on board you know but uh i like this because it shows splinter as a, his own character and so in the tv well the tv cartoon show he's always just the father figure yep. you know um i'm not too sure if he does get into too many fights i can't remember but he's always around the turtles, from yeah. my memory anyway. Yeah. Here, uh, we see that he actually can do Kung Fu. That he can look after himself. Yeah, he yeah. can look after himself. And he's, um, he's got his walking cane, which he uses as a weapon as well. And so he's not just full of shit. <laughs> he, yeah, actually, yeah. he actually knows what he's doing. He's not just some mouse that, that found a book in the sewer. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so we, you know, we see him fighting them, sneaking out, fighting more. You know, and basically to the point where he defeats them, but he... Um, he defeats the ones that are attacking him, but then it's one of those moments where it's, uh, you know, the hero passes out or whatever. Well, no, the mouses um, get turned away because at that point, That's right. yep. they have to, and we know this from the previous, um, I, I keep on saying episode, yeah. uh, previous issue, because we know that the turtles are successful in bringing the mouses back to them. So they're drawing the mouses away. And Splinter, we've just seen him get owned by these things Actually, that are designed yeah. to kill rats um but if, if if not for the turtles he would have been dead yeah yep no fair call yep. fair call and uh and then he and then this is again another coincidence yeah he just so happens to be in the wrong place at the wrong time especially for a rat that can talk because um, um these servicemen tcri servicemen turn up yeah with their uh robotic talk robotic language um and they take him in because he's this specimen of rat that talks yeah and again we've got we we see um splinter sort of be obi-wan kenobi in in star wars new hope yeah he gets up and he sneaks around a bit and um by the souls of my ancestors another great line that is so fantastic he discovers that these uh these these workers these servicemen are actually um Exo suits for uh, little Krang for Krangs, yeah, Krangs, and um, the Krang. I think like in the modern day 3D CG uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. TV show, they're right. It's not a singular character; it's a race of it's these the alien the beings yeah, like... that just so happen to look like human brains. Yeah, yeah. And then that's the end of the issue. Yeah. So again, this this isn't as as tidy a, as. This isn't as tidy a one done in one as the previous two issues. No, you know what I mean. <laughs> this this issue, I really feel like the demand of the customers were like, mm. 
you know, give us more turtles, give us more turtles, we'll kick your door in. It's like, okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> we're pulling an all-nighter, Peter. Yeah. <laughs> what are kids like? They like car chases. Right, bang! Because <laughs> that's all that happens. We just have one car chase. Yeah. That's yeah. it. Um, again, great car chase. The um, the thing I like about these, these Krang, I don't know if it's on purpose, but I don't know if you can see this. I like how the top left-hand guy doesn't have any eyes. Yeah, right, yep, yep. And uh, even though the other two do, I like the idea that when they get into their suits, their eyeballs go up into the human heads. Yeah, right. I think right. that would be cool and creepy, you know? Because then once you see their exo suits, um, they're devoid of their eyes. They're yeah. like, like human husks. I reckon that would be a good little move. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, when, when I said this was filler, I, I forgot that I also jumped ahead an issue, which we'll talk about ne- next time. But you can, you can start seeing a little bit of um, filler, yeah, a little right. bit of flab. Yeah. Okay. Which is a shame. But then again, um, what are you going to do? Well, that's the thing. They delivered and they kept the, uh, what do you call it? They kept the spirit alive. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah. Because I think it's at this this stage, and it only gets worse and worse as it goes on, that they're finding that they have to start juggling the company side of things, yeah. the business side of things, while also getting the comic book across. Yep. And um, I think this is the start of that. And so the um, the cartoon company, the, the toy company, um, they, they, they start prepping for the cartoon. Yeah, right. And right. so we see more and more that um, our artists and storytellers uh, have to put their company hats on, yep. and so they get diverted. Okay. Yeah. 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 I mean, look, that makes sense, and trust me, I sort of understand. You know that kind of things is it's not just enough to make comics; you got to bloody sell them too. Yeah. Know? So uh, it's like when um, because I I've always wanted to be a, a graphic designer and, and work by myself for myself, and you think, oh, wouldn't that be fantastic? You get to draw all day and blah blah blah. You no. don't because no. there's um, getting the gigs. Handling the customers, negotiating the the deal, yep. writing up the contracts, getting the contract signed, wondering what do you do in breach of contract, chasing the money, yeah. and um, then getting the work done, yeah. then having to go through draft, 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 draft until they you know either take it or they don't, yeah. and then your taxes, yeah. you have to worry about your taxes. So you know it's not all fun and games, and um, and these guys, I think really in their hearts of hearts, they just wanted to do some comics and then you know 30 years later they're still just doing comics you know like they went through such a journey which we'll get into as well that it's amazing that they've ended up where they've always wanted to stay you know yeah yeah so on the one hand you know and i know we disagree about this i look at um kevin smith with such frustration because I go, God damn it, you were my Quentin Tarantino. Yeah, you yeah, were my yeah. Joss Whedon, buddy. You did nothing. But what he did, which you keep on saying, is he hit his level that he was happy with and he wrote it out. He just wrote it, yeah. He didn't flare up and, and burn out. He just stuck with what he loved doing and that's it, you yeah. know, which is... Which is, yeah, which is, which can be, I, I understand, can be frustrating from, for the fans, but... Um, mm. You know, th- this is what we all strive to do, is just to get to a point where we're just happy with our existence and we can do what we want on our schedule. Mm. You know what I mean? Um, and so, isn't yeah. that a form of success, you know? In its own right, yeah. 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 Um, okay, so what we're doing next week, right, is we're going to go on to the Raphael one-shot. Yep. Okay. Um, again, I'm not sure if this is exactly how it came out, 
Um, because, but this is the trade that I've got. Okay. Yeah. So TMT number four came out in June 30th, 1984. Okay. And then the, um, then the next one is, um, April. Uh, the, the one shot is April. So they've got them in the wrong order. Well. April and June. Yeah. So two books, TMT number four, June 30th, Raphael, April 30th. April before June. Yeah. I'm no scientist. No, no, no. But so I know that much. We'll do the one shot. Yeah, cool. Because that comes before. Yeah. yeah. And it's, look, just, it's the, the trade I've got. This is the order. So uh, it's mm. my fucking podcast. <laughs> We're going to do it the way I want. So look, yeah, next issue is going to be the uh, micro series Raphael one shot where we meet Casey Jones. Yep. Um, and we will go from there. Now, before we wrap up though, more Ninja Turtle news this last couple of weeks. Whoa, what? So, okay, let's recap on the news we gave last time. Mm-hmm. One. Eastman and Laird are working on a new Ninja Turtle comic. Both of them? Yeah. Right. That's the, that, the last Ronin one. Oh, yes. We talked about that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. yeah. Two, um, live action TV series. Right. Remember we brought that up as well? But we don't know if it's live action. Yeah, yeah. Look, so, we, yeah, we don't know any details yeah. yet. Piece of news that dropped this last week and a bit. Um, Seth Rogen's movie company production house whatever mm. is 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 producing an animated ninja turtles movie right so uh the last thing that that studio did was sausage party oh shit <laughs> Uh, I, I did. I did laugh. This, I, this could very much, yeah. This could very much be um, Lloyd Kaufman's. Let's go back to Lloyd Kaufman's original pitch for Ninja Turtles, uh, where they would um, they had to fight naked nuns and and that sort of thing. The thing, the thing <laughs> Billy is, Crystal, they wanted Billy Crystal to be one of the turtles fighting naked nuns. I think you told me this um, in the development of Sausage Party. Seth basically got um, work experience kids and and people really low on the the rung of the ladders in, in, in terms of um, CG and graphic design and stuff to do the, the graphics and animation for, for, for him. And so it was pretty um, unscrupulous behaviour of not really paying them their full worth. Yeah, right. He almost did a life of pie with them, you know. Uh, and, you know, that movie couldn't have been done but for the animation and design. Yeah. And he'd lowballed them all. And so wonder if he goes that way with the Turtles... Because on the one hand, you know, they've got all the money in the world. I'm assuming this is a Nickelodeon production. I would say so. Yeah. But then again, you know, with, with the way that he did his previous animation, yeah. I hope he drops that. Because um, especially in this age of PC-ness and yeah. also um, live and die by the internet, yeah. I hope he watches himself. Yeah. Look, I, I, it actually wasn't me you heard that from. Okay, yeah. That's the first I've heard of it. Yeah, it was yeah. disappointing. Um, especially in an industry... Mm. That's always lowballing themselves. You yeah, know I mean, you have you know, what was it? The company that worked on, um, oh god, I don't know, one of the Avengers movies. Mm. Um, the company that did the effects for that, and was it Avengers? Won, won some awards or something? One mm. of the Marvel movies. I'm pretty sure it was one of the Marvel movies, and won some awards. And then the the graphic, the special effects graphics company um, went bankrupt after that. Life of Pi. That's exactly what happened to Life of Pi. They they did the tiger. They did the ocean. Oh, the tiger, of course. All that yeah. they 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 went out of business. Yeah. Uh, it's nuts. And it's just like, well, yeah, because they're lowballing themselves. Mm. Because someone else is just going to lowball them. Mm. And then if you've got someone on top of that lowballing them, 
when they're low-balling oh, themselves. Oh, sorry. So you were saying that the special effects houses are low-balling... Well, they... they, they yeah, I get To get in on these big movies, they do a yeah. stupid quote where they're not making the money they should be making. Like, and then, you know, then if you've got someone lowballing lower than that, saying, "Look, well, this is going to be a big movie. How about I give you only fifteen percent?" You know, it's great for exposure. <sighs> yeah, it's like the uh, Carvel, Carvel from the um, the Full Monty. Uh, the star of the Full Monty, I forgot his name, Caviel. He played um, the villain in um, the Pierce Brosnan James Bond movie, where he he gets shot in the brain and he can't feel anything. Um, the world is not enough. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so he he famously said, "I made nothing on that movie." He goes, "What you get out of that movie is um, is exposure to to get a better deal next time." Yeah. You know. So, okay, and we'll see how this goes because yeah. it's. I do like Seth Rogen. Yeah. I do like his movies. Yeah. I think um, the Ghostbusters would have been in good hands with him, actually. He's like, not on the new Ghostbusters? Um, no, 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 no. But, like, when they were saying, oh, what do we do for the reboot of the Ghostbusters, I just assumed they'd get the the, the latest goofy troupe, man or woman, yeah. and have a stoner bro-out comedy, yeah. you know? Um, and I think him and his little rat pack... Would have been fine. Can yeah. you imagine Paul Rudd and Seth Rogen and, and Jonah Hill running around? James you know, Franco. And James Franco, all that. And, um, you know, I do like their movies. They're, they're good times. Um, but they also can do some really good serious stuff as well. Well, I mean, so, they're, they're, they're behind, um, they're behind um, Preacher, mm. Preacher TV series. They're behind The Boys TV yeah. series, you know. so They can do adult stuff yeah. and, you know, comic book stuff, but, but mature yeah. stuff. Um, it'll be interesting to see what they do tone-wise. Yeah, Because, will. like we said on a, a couple of episodes ago, TMNT, the, the, the CG movie, was great. Yeah. So, are they going to stick with that tone, which is sort of midway? Are they going to go darker? Yeah. Are they going to go lighter? Look, I, I think that the perfect balance is the... Um, oh, which one was it? 2002 cartoon? Which was kind of... It was, wasn't the goofy... 80s mm. we grew up on. Mm. Oh, I bet I'm wrong. I bet someone's screaming at me right now saying, you idiot! It was 1997 or something. Is the ones where they had, they all had um, yeah, people they, they had white Batman eyes. Yeah, yeah. yeah like that they was... all looked the same. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so anyway, that was the news for this But this story. is going to be a movie. It's not going to be a TV uh, series. A movie. So oh, we've got cool. the live action TV series yeah. done by CBS Online or something. Right. And then you've got the movie by Seth Rogen's production house. I gave the new cartoon a go the other day. Yeah. And that's rough. It's hard. It's hard. Look, I think we were talking about this last time, that one episode is fine. You know what I mean? Yeah. You can sit through one episode and go, oh, that was good, but then turn it off. But I watched five in a row and it was just like, oh, God. The action sequences are great. They're fantastic. They, they look like out of a manga TV series, a, um, a cartoon TV series, but... What they do with the characters, what they've done with Splinter, yeah, what they've done with the world. I will say Splinter is the one <clears throat> thing that I'm completely opposed to in that show. But a shadow New York that exists underground, yeah. magical weapons, and you can see why they've got different weapons. So Raph isn't stabbing anyone, he's just yeah. tobogganing people. Yeah. But, a, but a magical sword for that, Lena. That rips through space and time. Yeah. At what point do you go... This isn't Turtles anymore. This isn't Teenage Mutant yeah, Turtles. But, but that's a good thing. And, and I guess you know, even introducing Krang in issue three, you know what I mean? 
as we just talked mm. about, I'm, I'm like, wow, that's so much earlier than I thought. Too soon? Yeah. yeah, you know, yeah. Just not, and not that it's too soon, but I always thought they had a couple of years in New York City and in the farmhouse and stuff before like I said, the Krangs were introduced, you know? I think they were just spitballing ideas. Yeah, yeah. Like, what next? What can we do? I got into... Well, and I actually finished. I, I absolutely smashed The Walking Dead since we last spoke. Right. And... Um, and it was interesting. I, again, I read all the I read all the letters and everything as well, especially the final letter from the um, the author. And he really did say, like Game of Thrones, the, the the moving ingredients for The Walking Dead was surprise, and so you'd always end on a one page surprise, yeah. just to keep everything clicking over, like um, a cliffhanger. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. It, it's worked ever since you know TV because. You need your attention to get yourself back watching yeah. after the ads because that's what TV was. It yep. was selling shit yeah. on online. Yeah. You know? And um, and that's what we have here. We have, uh, okay, we've, we've seen ninjas. We've seen that. We've got mouses. What can surprise them? Brains coming out of stomachs. Yeah. I like it. Done. Bang. Done. Yeah. yeah. And again, looking at um, comments online and also, you know, uh, through years of looking at Peter Larratt and, and Kevin Eastman and their notes and these things as well apparently peter laird is the, is the sci-fi guy right so i wouldn't be surprised if he pushed for brains coming out of robot stomachs yeah. so i think kevin eastman is the wacky car chase yeah and peter laird is all about the the sci-fi yeah hmm. oh cool yeah well look definitely worth a read um yeah it's it's but... fun and it's also it's getting you from a to b yeah. it's, it's like a, a sinew to just get you into Wackiness, like it's just going to get a little bit off the wall from here on out. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right, so I reckon that's just about it. Um, what have you got to pimp this week? Movie club? Did you do, did you start your horror? No, I, I'm a horror. It's so funny. I'm going to be doing a lot of research for this. Okay, so right, getting right. into that. But um, yeah, getting into well, again uh, the movie club. Uh, it, it comes out every Friday. Next um, episode, I'm going to be talking to. Um, a local acting coach from Ooh. a local school. And so I'll let you know, well, yeah, tune in yeah. on the movie club and you'll find that, find that person out because yeah. she does a lot of work and I'm going to try and nail her down to really walk me through what's happened in the um, acting tu- tutor environment in Canberra because yeah. we've had a couple of name changes for a couple of um, yep. places and also um, Victoria... Is, is doing other things as well. So I'd like to see what, what's changed, what's happened, if it's all the same, yeah. and what she's working on, because yeah. um, she comes from a bit of a horror background herself. Oh, nice. Yeah. All right. Well, that's it. You'll, you, you'll find um, a link in the show notes to uh, Luke's Movie Club website. Um, and, again, you can find you can whatever uh, app you're listening to this on, I can almost guarantee that the movieclub.net will be on that as well. Um, so yeah, look, that's it, guys. Um, jump into our Facebook group. Um, we've got a bunch of people in there. Not a lot happening at this point, but I'm always posting in there when an episode goes live. I always post in there um, the to, to read list for the upcoming episode. Um, and uh, yeah, whatever app you're listening to this on, give us a five star review. It's going to help other people find us. You know what I mean? Uh, the more five star reviews. Um, the more five-star reviews you give us, the more people are going to see this uh, podcast and uh, the more famous we get. 
I was just trying to think, well, what's the benefit of more people listening? I mean, we're still going to do it anyway, but exactly. we would love to get this out and, you know, around the world. Majority of the, I was looking at, the, I was actually looking at the stats yesterday, mm. and majority of people who listen to the podcast is basically us. <laughs> from, from basically from between 30 and 45 um, uh, Australians, uh, males. Great. And I was like, yeah, look, that's cool. And that's cool. And I'm happy that, you know, some people are coming to us, you know, because we're familiar. But it will be awesome to get some more overseas people, maybe some ladies. I'll be watching you. Um, okay. Uh, so, listen, yeah, give us, give us some reviews, guys. Um, also, if you go to the website, which, again, there's, there's whatever app you're on, there's a link there to take you to the website. You can actually leave voicemails. Oh, really? If, if we've said something backwards, upside down, you've got something you want to add, you can leave us a voicemail, and if if I can figure out how to edit it in, <laughs> we can even try and edit, edit that in and, and all that shit. So, look, lots of stuff happening. All right, guys? I was about to say be kind, but I'd be interested. Just give us a voicemail. Well, yeah. Actually, this okay, this is how you go. If you're not enjoying the podcast, give us a five-star review, but then... Send us a voice message of what you really think. But just make sure you give us the five-star review. Yeah. And then give us a five-star review and then let rip. Just rip into us with yeah. the voicemails, man. Um, <laughs> Jesus. Okay. So get on the Facebook page, right? Get reviewing. Mm. Get listening. Subscribe to um, movieclub.net. Um, buy my comics. <laughs> Uh, I'm just trying to think, what else have I got to pimp? I'm not doing anything else these days, so... Uh, um, and read um, the micro one-shot of Raphael. Yes, yes. That's your homework. Yes, that's your homework, and we'll, we'll get into that uh, next week. All right, guys, well, anyway, after all that rambling, uh, thanks for listening, and... Uh, Be good to each other. This was a Turtle Boy Podcast.